So, hello, welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we talk about films from a feminist perspective. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm joined today by Mr. Lee Popey, film extraordinaire, dinosaur fake fan. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> White man. Yes, that's why I'm only here temporarily. I'm here for emotional support yeah. and because I can record and edit this for you. I'm not going to lie, that's mostly why it's here. Welcome to the pilot episode <laughs> of Feminiz or Feminism. That's not what we're calling it, it's real feminism. So, what film did we watch today, Popey? Uh, we just watched it, don't tell me you've forgotten. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention. I think we were watching <laughs> Jurassic Park. We were watching Jurassic Park, congratulations, you score one point for paying attention to what we're doing today. So yes, we watched Jurassic Park, which was released in 1993, directed by Mr. Steven Spielberg. And the only woman that we could see who worked behind the scenes on this film was Kathleen Kennedy, who was a producer. Can I just point out, we didn't look very hard, but Kathleen Kennedy is somebody of note as she is currently Mm. running whether you like it or not, the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, and you don't like it that much, right? Not I, you personally. Not me personally, but I get a lot of people aren't a fan of her. Mm. Um, I know you are, because you like the direction the new Star Wars films go. Yes, Everybody. I do. There are women in it who aren't just in their bikinis. It's great. No offence, Leia. She has got, uh, obviously she's got the Star the Star War, the mm. Jurassic Park. Twister. But, Twister. But like every Steven Spielberg film. Yeah, or Lost World and Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. I can't think of the others. All of the new... Oh, like Rogue One, all of the new Star Wars. Yeah. Although not the Solo film, I don't think. Uh, yeah, she is on there. Oh, is she? Yeah, I mean, she's in charge of Star Wars. Okay. Well, we only looked at like writer, producer, editor, stuff like that. But everyone else was a white man, so... I would assume most people know what this is about. It's one of those films where the name kind of explains it, but basically this very rich man decides he wants to create a park full of dinosaurs, so he plays around with biology and creates a park full of dinosaurs and it all goes terribly wrong. That's what the film's about. There's dinosaurs. It's good. And in terms of characters that we have that we can talk about from an intersectional feminist point of view, uh, we have Dr. Ellie Sattler, who's a paleobotanist. She's also a white woman. And I think we're led to believe in the film that she's straight. Her sexuality is not really discussed, but it's hinted that she's in a relationship with Alan Grant, but not confirmed. This is where me and you differ, because I don't think that they're in a relationship in this film. I don't know. I, I think... I've never thought they were. And and there was the mm. obvious bit where um, he says that he is dating her to Malcolm. Yeah. But, but that's seconds after him saying that he's looking for a next ex Yeah, Mrs. Malcolm. So you think Alan said that not because he's in a relationship with Ellie, but yeah. because he wants to protect her from yeah. the predatory... Because Ian. when Ellie and, and Ian were... At, no, I'm doing it. Ian Malcolm. When Ellie and... Uh, Ian Malcolm. No, what's the main guy? Alan Grant. When Ian, Ellie and e- Alan meet up again after she's just almost been killed by a raptor. She jumps on him. But there's no like, oh my god, m- 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 kissing or no, anything. No, there isn't. Although I do think jumping on top of each other is... She's just survived yeah. almost being killed by a fucking I raptor. I don't know. We had a little Google and it's 
it's up in the air basically some people say yes some people say no so we've got ellie we've got lex who uh is a self-described hacker she is <laughs> she's richard hammond's granddaughter and the elder of the two granddaughters and then the other female characters are all of the dinosaurs in the park <laughs> i don't think his name is richard hammond Oh shit! I John always, Hammond. I always do that. <laughs> always call him Richard Hammond. You're right. His name's John Hammond. God damn it! You're right. His name is John Attenborough. <laughs> I always do that. And then on the intersectional side, again, not a long list. We have Arnold, who's played by Samuel L. Jackson. And I don't actually know what his role is in the film. He's the um... smoking guy. He's the tech guy, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, Nedry is the, the IT guy who does all the computers. I think so he is also... So what does Arnold do? Sorry, I think he is the IT guy, but I think Nedry's just the one who created the program. Um, like the coder, maybe. Yeah, but he's the yeah, one that's okay. running it. Yeah. Um, he's the one that's actually in charge of everything. He's yeah. Nedry's boss. Okay, right, yeah. sure. And then we've got Dr. Henry Wu, who is the... I guess he's the head scientist, right? He's the only scientist that, that gets a to. speaking role. Yeah, which is... I mean, that's that's um, fun. And Henry Wu is not really a thing until Jurassic World, no. where that actor comes back. But, yeah, he's the only scientist that has a speaking role in the mm. movie. Yeah, which is pretty cool, because they could have easily given that to a white man. Yeah, but we did notice something else. Mm. At the very start of the film. <gasps> yes, the first character, well, I guess character, the first human we see is a black man, which I wasn't expecting. I was mm. like, oh my god, there are people who aren't white in this film. Who lasts about ten seconds. <laughs> he gets eaten by a but raptor not just pretty that. quickly. Um, there's a lot of, uh, all the opening people are basically Puerto Rican, because that's mm. where the island is, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you also notice that um, everyone else is white. Mm. That everyone working at Jurassic Park is white yeah. and mainly male. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the ones working at Jurassic Park. The front of house stuff. Yes, exactly. The and the see. ones out the back doing all the digging are the all Puerto like Rican guys. Black, uh, Costa Rican. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. I hadn't noticed that before until we were specifically looking for things for yeah. this episode but yeah i was like hang on because to begin with i was like oh okay so they do have i mean i guess they're just the workers but they do have people who aren't white there yeah. and then when we saw the the people at the park i was like oh they don't have any people who aren't white that the public see <laughs> so yeah everyone I mean, in the public would Wu. see apart from henry Wu, yeah the blink and you'll miss him <laughs> you force the ride yeah. to stop and then you can see him mm. so i mean that's not a great start that we've got a black character who's not even named. I think on IMDb he's just an unnamed raptor handler who gets eaten by the raptor. Mm -hmm. And then we've got black people working in mines. Yeah. And that's that's about it. We did notice in the archaeology dig scene that there are some women there. Shock horror. I counted about four. It was mostly men and they're all whites, but I was quite happy to see there were some women there. We also noticed that in the lab scene i counted one woman but there could have been others because you couldn't see them that much mm -hmm. so it's quite good that in the background because often in films you will see it's mostly men who are the background characters doing working roles so it's quite cool to see women which is always nice um 
I forgot to write down whether or not this film passes the Bechdel test. Um, we know the answer to that, spoilers, mm. but you're also forgetting there's a lot more female characters in this film that you've left off because you haven't written them down. All the dinosaurs? All of the dinosaurs I said female. all of the dinosaurs. Did you say all of the dinosaurs? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. fucking... This is what happens when you get a white guy on here who doesn't listen to you. No, I know, clearly. Then he's trying to, like, score points by being like, hang Let on, the Let me mansplain to you about the dinosaurs. Uh -huh. Actually, they can change their sex. <gasps> what? So there is chance... <gasps> oh, my God, there is! <laughs> wow, so wow. The, the kind of trans representation in this film of the dinosaurs, not, not just changing their gender, changing their whole sex. Yeah. I guess I don't know whether they change their chromosomes. J.K. Rowling would be terrified of this film. <laughs> She'd be like, "Oh my god, there's dinosaurs and they're trans." <laughs> they're in the and they go in the men's bathroom at one point <laughs> to kill a man. She'd be like, "Oh my god, get me out of here now! What is this nightmare? Take me to the raptor enclosure. I can handle them, but none of these trans weirdos." Oh, J.K. So we should maybe have a chat about Ellie and Lex's image in the film let's go with that first so okay. i think all of the i mean there's only really three outfits there's ellie's desert outfit there's ellie's jurassic park outfit she wears a raincoat at some point but it's basically the same outfit and then there's lex's jurassic park outfit yeah. i should just say park outfit they're all jurassic park outfits because that's the name of the film but they're all, not that women should have to be covered up in the film, but given that they're trekking in a jungle, they're on an archaeological dig, she's covered up for most of it. And even when she's wearing shorts, they're, they're quite loose fitting and practical. She is wearing head to toe clothes as an archaeologist. Mm. But I would argue when she's at Jurassic Park, she's actually on holiday, not She's supposed to be experiencing the... She's not supposed yeah, to be she forcing is. the ride to Maybe that's her relaxed holiday time. Yeah. But it's also... The skinniest we see her is she takes off her pink shirt towards yeah, the end of the film. Yeah, and she's wearing a tank top, yeah. which is cool. Not even like a spaghetti, thin spaghetti strap. But it, it did feel like her outfits were there for function, not there for you to be like, ooh, look at her butt. Look at her legs. Yeah. Ooh, fancy. So that was really nice. Oh, and also I, I didn't notice any discernible makeup on them i'm sure they had makeup put on them but you couldn't from looking at them it wasn't like they were all decked out in mascara and eyeliner and lipstick and mm -hmm. stuff like that and including lex i don't know how old she's meant to be uh, i don't know but i mean it would be weird if she was a dressed sleazily and b made up to look yeah sleazy. it would be but i wouldn't put she's that past also... hollywood i i guess in the 90s i don't know if it was a if it was a thing that girls would be computers because in mm. the book Lexi's oh, the yeah, younger more annoying that. child who does all the screaming and, and um, oh god what's it Tim is the computer genius and the dinosaur yeah. expert whereas this time they separated them both out which is really nice so they gave them equal mm -hmm. they gave them both stuff to do yeah, they, I, I felt like actually the balance between Lex and Tim and Ellie and Alan is really evenly balanced. It didn't feel like, although it kind of feels like, I don't know why it feels like Alan's the main character. I, don't I know think it's that's... safe to say Alan's the main character. But why? Because we kind of see more of him with the kids? Because I don't know whether it feels like he is because he's the man and we're so used Maybe, to yeah. him being the main Because him and Alan do get equal screen yeah. time. There is a lot of, in the opening bit where they're going around on the uh, like when they go to the lab thing mm. 
there were close-up shots of just Ellie where there's no Ian yeah. and she's just like look, listening. Yeah, Alan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn white men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe they get equal. They yeah. kind of get equal screen And I time. wonder whether I assume they're in a relationship because that's what we're used to seeing. If there's a woman on the screen, yeah. it must be a romantic thing. Because you think about, um, well, I mean, personally, but you think about Jurassic Park, you think about um, Jeff Goldblum, and he's not really in this film that no, much. No, he's not And the really. majority of it, he's laying down. <laughs> and being really sleazy and creepy. Yeah. Should we talk about that quickly? Because I think that's probably my least favourite thing about the film. As much as I love Jeff Goldblum, oh. and I do love his topless scenes, it's hilarious, because there's just no reason for him to be in a draw me, like your French girl's pose, when he's topless. But he is very sleazy. I mean, his the first time he meets Ellie, he says to her, I can't believe you don't know about the attraction theory or something or you're not immune to attraction and she's like uh, and just looks away from him yeah and then obviously there's the bit where he she asked him to explain more about chaos theory and then he just like touch not even strokes he just like takes a bit in his fourth finger and thumb and just rubs it it's really weird and creepy what you haven't said is what <laughs> you're just saying he's taking a bit oh of hair yeah <laughs> I, I have a controversial thing. Oh, you want Ian Malcolm to take your hair no, and no, stroke no. it like that? A sweeping generalisation. Mm. I've noticed a lot of women like Jeff Goldblum. I really like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Okay. I know. But why? I, uh, think about it. It's gonna be from Jurassic Park. Yeah, I think and so. And he's but just he's as sleazy yeah. as Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. He's like that in real life. But yeah, what he's... we saw on the screen then, you, you've watched that documentary and he's just yeah, sort of walking around strange. being like, ooh, can I uh, ooh, <laughs> touch put your a tattoo mm. on you? Ooh. Yeah, like, he's creepy. I, I, yeah, he is. But I don't know why he gets away with it for me. I, I, honestly, yeah, I, I don't know, I know why. Right? It's because of that shirtless shot. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's it, he's fine, he can do whatever he wants. He's just such an oddball. And I, I, I don't know. I, can, can I don't I ask, know. What other films have you seen with Jeff Goldblum? I genuinely think it's just Jurassic Park. Because you've not seen Independence Day. No, or you've the not Fly. seen The Fly, and you've not seen Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> no. Oh no, I've seen him in Lost World. Oh, actually, I've just realised you've seen him in a <laughs> and few Jurassic films. World. He's in uh, a couple of the. <laughs> oh, and he's in Grand Budapest Grand Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. He's just an odd. He's less he's sleazy in the second one. Yeah, he is, and he actually looks after his daughter. Actually, he tries to protect both his daughter and his girlfriend. Yeah. He's actually the one who's trying to stop the plot from going ahead, because he's like, no, we're not going to this stupid goddamn park. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him, he's right. Don't go back. Yeah. Not even for sequels, stupid. <laughs> anyway, getting back to this... One of the things that I really liked about Ellie's character is that she... I mean, we were talking about how her and Alan are shown in a similar way in that one of them isn't shown as being better than the other. There are quite a few scenes where she shows her expertise and where she's respected for that expertise. So there's the scene where she's looking at that leaf and is like, this is from the Cretaceous period. It shouldn't be around. <laughs> and then there's a bit where she helps the Triceratops and the vet is just completely respectful and accepting of her expertise and her knowledge and isn't questioning her which is really nice to see although how he knows who she I is don't i don't know. think that man should have been there because <laughs> she says to him the <laughs> eyes are dilated and, and he's, he's like, like are they and it's like mate you're the vet of this, this is, animal this she's never seen these animals are extinct and she can tell you that their eyes are dilated <laughs> like 
What are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, but it was nice to see that, to see her doing that. And I noticed that in the scene where um, they're having dinner that they actually don't eat before they go on the tour and the kids arrive, they all get a chance to have their say. All of the the lawyer, Ian Malcolm, yeah. Ellie, and Alan Grant. So yeah. it's nice that she's holding her own in that room of men and stuff. I also really like that when she right at the start of the film when Rich no when John Hammond <laughs> John Hammond bro when John Hammond lands his helicopter on their dig she storms in and is like um, okay who's the jerk and I just thought that's really cool that she's she, they're showing her being really angry because she's passionate about her work and he's just like blown dust over everything they've just dug up yeah I thought that was quite nice that um, they added that in instead of her being really meek and stuff and there's obviously the on the nose bit with the uh, bit where John Hammond is like, maybe I should go. Mm. Like the most yes. on the nose bit mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, I, I was going to say, sort of in relation to that, that she stays with the Triceratops. And also that decision is respected. I mean, Alan says, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And they're not like, oh, it's not safe. You can't be out here. They're like, all right, you're a grown woman. You can handle yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can stay. So that's quite cool. She also is the first person who... Um, she goes on the rescue mission with oh, Robert Muldoon. Oh, you know his name. I do know his name. Mr. Clever Girl. I do. Robert Muldoon, shorty short Did you just call yourself Mr. Clever Girl because you got his name? <laughs> no, he's Mr. Clever Girl. <laughs> so she, she volunteers to go on the rescue mission with him. And I don't know if we should address this, but you did say that the only person dressed inappropriately in this film was, was Robert, Robert Maltin. <laughs> his shorts just look really And he's got those schoolgirl socks that yeah. are all the way up to his knees. He just looks so silly. I don't know what... I think it's because it's so serious and he's got so much of his legs on show. Yeah. Which, you know, men can have as much of their legs on show as they want, but it's just... So unexpected from that man. Yeah, she also, when they're in the bunker, she's the one who's like, something's wrong. Arnold's not come back. We mm-hmm. need to do something. Something's wrong. Whereas the others are just there like, boop, boop, boop. I mean, I'm sure they're doing things. Well, John she... Hammond even says at that point, oh, it's fine. He's been gone for and looks at the clock as the camera sort of pans away yeah. implying that like, oh shit, yeah, he's been while. gone for ages. Um, and then she obviously is like, well, I'm going to sort this out. And then, yeah, as you said, that on the nose bit, where um, I actually wrote it down, where John Hammond's like, oh, it should really be me. And then he's like, well, well why? He's like, well, because I'm a man and you're, you're a... And she says, look, we can discuss sexism in survival situations when I get back, which is just so... Fu- it's just fun that sexism as a word is in the film yeah. at all. And that... Because 90s wasn't in a feminism wave, so... And it was 93 as well, yeah. so it's early 90s. It's interesting because, like, the kind of I think seventies is what second wave feminism, and then third wave is more late noughties, early. More what do we call the two thousand and eleven to two thousand and nineteen, whatever that is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So the nineties, the nineties was I think more of a reaction to second wave feminism and lad culture and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they chose to mention sexism in the film, and also she's completely right. She's like. There's a wounded man lying here. There's an old man who has to walk with a cane. Yeah. Who else is going to go and do this apart from the able-bodied woman who can do this? You idiots. I'm going. 
and Robert Muldoon in his little short shorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember yeah. how um, how much she does in the book. I know in the book she definitely goes off the at the same point. Mm. She stays with the Triceratops. Yeah. She must do a lot in the book as well. Because um. I, I don't know. I'm getting the feeling that, that, I mean, I'm obviously talking for Spielberg here, but I'm getting the feeling he didn't make this with the intention of being, like, he didn't have the intention of this being, like, pretty good representation of women. I think no, it's just the I'm way sure. the, the book it is as well. Well, maybe, because he did, I mean, we'll talk about Lex a bit more in a sec, but he did actively choose Lex and make her a much better character in the film. But, sorry, the script was also written by Michael, oh, Michael Crichton, who Crichton. wrote the book, so I wonder yeah. how much of that was him being like, do you know what, I could have fixed this. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, it's interesting. Unlike whether... I, I don't know, because Laura Dern, in my head, is a feminist. I don't know whether she's said that or whether I'm assuming it from her role as Ellie. Yeah. I don't know. And, I, I mean, I don't think she'd get any say over stuff like that in the script I don't know it's it's weird when you look back at some older films like Alien and Terminator 2 it's weird that a lot of female representation seems to have gone backwards the closer we get to our current but you do know Alien was written like the characters were just their surnames so they cast them based on oh so it's like a blind casting thing basically yeah well for Alien at least yeah that's really cool um, that should be done more often. But also, like we you said before, uh, like Alien has good representation in mm. Ripley, but also the, I, I can't even remember the name of the other lady in it who is literally just screaming all the time. Yeah. And the I only other know. woman in that film is just like annoying. The other thing that I wrote down that I really like that Ellie does is there's a scene where she sat across the table from John Hammond whilst he's eating all his ice cream and kind of waxing lyrical about his flea circus and what he wanted this park to be. And she basically calls him on his bullshit, which is really fun to see, even though I do feel sad for him because he's just this old man who had a dream and now people are dead. And he's like, oh, I thought it would be fun, Mm. but instead my giant fleas ate people. Mm." Um, And she says to him, like, you never had control. That's the illusion. I didn't have enough respect for the power of this place. And it's out now. Which kind of ties back to Ian saying near the beginning that, you know, your scientists um, never stop to think whether they should do something just because they can. That's not the direct quote, but it's interesting that she's the one who's kind of highlighting part of the problem of what went wrong with this. Like, they didn't take it seriously enough. Like, how, as she says, sort of like the power of it and how, just how dangerous it is. Like, and... And how they're playing around with science and with forces that they don't understand. And she's the one who kind of is like, John, you idiot. This is a pipe dream. It's all been an illusion. You've never had any control over this. And mm. it's nice that she gets to to have that moment with him and to be the one who's like, no, no, you can't redo this. This was a terrible mistake. She also tells him there, now you've got to be concerned about your grandchildren and mm. Ian and the people we love. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a holdover from... In the in the book, he's the bad guy. Yeah. And he doesn't care about his fucking grandkids at yeah, all. Yeah, he's a bit of a dick in the book. Yeah. The only other thing I wrote down about Ellie is that at the end, when they're running out of the uh, main centre, when the T-Rex has come in and eaten the Velociraptors, Ellie's the one running out holding Tim. And I don't think that that's like 
a huge feminist thing, but it's interesting that it could easily have been Alan holding Tim. Hmm. And it's just interesting that she's kind of showing that strength and being able to run and hold this child at the same time. And I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, she's obviously strong because I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> that <laughs> Carry kid a would small get... boy. <laughs> yeah, and run at the same time. You're kidding. And she's got a limp as well. And she's got a limp. Yeah, no, there's no way. I'd leave that child for the dinosaurs. Oh, my God. I'd be like, here you go, distract the dinosaurs. I'm running to the car. Bye. <laughs> By small boy, he got electrocuted. Do you have because any... of me. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about um, Ellie? No, it, it's just now that you said about the main character thing. Mm. I, again, I still do think that um, Finny is Graham. the main character. He gets all the. He is kind of the focus when he's in the room. If you know mm. what I mean. And and it, maybe if they weren't separated, I mean, but they had to be for the plot or whatever. Yeah. If they weren't separated. I wonder if. She would have got equal amount of lines and stuff, but it, yeah. because they went off in separate directions, mm-hmm. and she had to pick up the slack of him not being around. Mm. I wonder how much. I, like, I wonder if you sat down and did the maths, how much screen yeah. time they actually get. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe part of it is because she's not there in that first scene with the T Rex and the cars. Yeah. She's not involved in that scene. Yeah, there's big chunks where she's not around. Yeah, like quite big famous parts from of the film, I guess. Like that T-Rex scene is one of the most famous parts of the movie. Yeah. And I guess she's not in that part in the book either. No, she's not, because she goes off with the... Yeah. She goes off... Because in the book, we discover what's wrong with the Triceratops. Yes, we do. But she also gets her own moment, though. She gets the raptor in the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she moment, does. Which, again, is a big moment yeah. in the film. And a saviour moment as well, that she's the one who brings the power back to yeah. the um, she's the, She's the one that does all the work, right? Yeah. And not all the work, 50% of the work. The other 50% is done by Lex. And who's the one that calls John Hammond to tell him about oh, it? Dr. Grant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he takes all Who the credit at the end. Dr. Grant. I don't know. Maybe it's everyone. And in my head, it just sounds like <laughs> Dr. Grant. So let's talk about Lex. He also does a lot of the work. So we noticed that it takes 38 minutes from the start of the film for the second named female character to enter this film. Yeah. Up until that point, we've just had Ellie and some background female workers, and that's it. That's quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, I understand it for the plot point of view, but you could have easily had a female lawyer or something. Like, there's a lot of men in that film in comparison. I mean, obviously, there's like two women and a lot of men. Yeah. But anyway, as I believed we mentioned... To begin with, Lex's character in the book is awful. She screams all the time. She, I don't think she does anything to help. In fact, at times, I think there's a scene where they're on a boat in some kind of lake pond thing and the T-Rex is asleep. And they're going she, down a river in the raft and yeah. she sees it asleep and starts screaming and it wakes up the yeah. T-Rex and then the T-Rex starts following them. <laughs> Yeah, that bit. Like, I was like, oh my Lex. god. So she's she's so bad in the book, but in in the film, she's quite annoying in parts. She still screams a lot, but I it's mean, it's warranted. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, given the context, I'm like, no, you get that. And all- they also let her become like vegetarian when she kicks off about oh, the goat, and the guy's yes. like, what's the problem? And she's like, I'm a vegetarian. I really liked that bit because 
I to become a vegetarian as a kid, I think you have to be quite strong in your yeah. beliefs because you're not in control of what you eat. So you have to say to your parents, "I'm not eating this." Yeah. So that's quite cool that they added that in. Um, I think in the book she's obsessed with baseball. Yes. Yeah, and then you're definitely right. flip them around so she's the younger one. Yes. And then obviously she's the older one this time around. Yeah, she's the older I'm one. I think I remember the baseball thing. Yeah, it was weird. Because doesn't she have a baseball bat? No, um, glove. Yeah. Or something with her in the book. Yeah. Um, and she's she's not a hacker in the book either, is she? No. Gosh. It's Tim. Tim does all of that stuff. I mean, she could book. easily have been eaten by a dinosaur and no one would have cared in the book. Yeah. Tim would have been like, oh, thank God. Wash, yeah. Dead weight. <laughs> So yeah, Lex is a lot better, and although to begin with she like she's a bit silly with um, the T Rex scene where she shines that light. I mean, I I get her intention. I think she was trying to get Doctor Grant's um, attention. I'm guessing that's why she was shining the light. I don't. I think she was just trying to see what was out there, but she. Oh. Maybe. She does shine that light directly into the T-Rex's eye. Yeah. After Tim has been like multiple times, Don't turn do that, that off. Yeah. So she's been a bit silly. But then in the kitchen scene, she's completely different. She, like throughout the rest of the film, she sort of runs to Alan quite a lot for comfort and for protection. And then in the kitchen scene, she's the eldest one there with her little brother. And you can really see that in the way she's like kind of holding him close to her and pulling him towards her and she's the protector there yeah and she's the one who's like come on let's go this way and then she saves his life as well at that point where he's refusing to move because he's scared and she makes a noise to get the velociraptors away from him and then hides and stuff so that was pretty cool and then obviously her major moment where she's the one who turns the power back on by hacking the computers it's a unix system (laughs) <laughs> I know. I mean, that's teased earlier when she sees the console yeah. on the screen. And it's like, it's a CD-ROM. Yeah, and she gets so excited. Like, oh my God, the technology. <laughs> but I remember when I watched this a few years ago, which is probably the first time I'd seen it since becoming a feminist, I remember thinking, oh, it's so cool that they gave her that role because, I mean, at that point, I didn't know that in the book, Tim is the eldest one yeah. who does the hacking stuff. I remember thinking it's so cool they gave that to her because they could easily have made Tim the computer one who... And also I think it's less... It's seen as less of a feminine thing for women to be into computers. That's what I was thinking. It's not really... Especially in 1993, I would assume that wasn't really... Girls don't like video games and computers. Well, girls don't like dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But, like, obviously everyone loves dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean, they're they're gender neutral. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or female, depending on what stage in the development of the park you're at. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that I think is is just really cool, that she's the one who does that and brings the power back, which saves them, because they then have the phones, they can call people, it locks the doors, obviously. Mm-hmm. So good job, Lex. You redeemed yourself from just screaming and being annoying to begin with. Although, yeah. as we said, that was a T-Rex trying to eat you, so warranted. So in terms of the... Bechdel test. Mm. There's two named female characters, mm-hmm. and I have just watched the film, and I yeah. really have to rack my brain mm-hmm. to remember a moment where Ellie and Lex talk to each other. Yeah, and I mean, apparently it's she says that the Velociraptors are mm. over there. I'd argue that's to both Alan and Ellie, though. Yeah. I don't think that's there's enough. a moment they talk off screen, but yes. it's about Alan. About Alan, yeah. Because it's to wind him up. Mm-hmm. 
Did you notice as well when they were walking to the uh, Velociraptor, not Velociraptor, sorry, the Triceratops that mm. um, uh, Ellie trips up and... Oh, Lex, you mean. <laughs> sorry, Lex trips up and... Um, Alan picks Alan her up. Alan picks her up and she grabs hold of his hand yes. and he tries to let go yeah, and, she's and like, she no, no. won't. And I think she tripped up on purpose yeah. to wind him up. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I would say it doesn't pass the Bechdel test because I just, for me, there needs to be a moment you can actually think of. And this is the second time yeah. I've watched it with the Bechdel test in mind and I've not noticed a moment when they talk at all, I, really. I can't even think of a moment when she's like, there's raptors over there. Mm. Like, I cannot think of her saying anything. When Lex says the raptors are over yeah, there. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it's when they it. run out of the kitchen and she runs up to Alan and Ellie and is like, they're in there and points to the kitchen, but... I mean, technically, she is saying it to Ellie as well. Yeah, but, but I, I feel like that's a cop-out, personally. Like, that's I, so weird. I want films to do more than just on, that. On the official mm-hmm. website that we looked at, it, it says it passes, but... Yeah, I, I would argue... The second one definitely does. Not, yeah. So, I'd say we should have a little chat now about the more intersectional, or lack thereof, part of this film. And I should probably note that we've split up the terms feminism... Fem- I can never say that word, even though... That's a problem. Femin- feminism. Feminism. Don't make it sound like you're a Fem- little <laughs> Victorian shoeshine boy when you say it. Feminism! Please, sir. Oh, give me a copper. I'll tell you about feminism. Now I'm an old man. Not in this century, kid. <laughs> I just struggle with that word. Anyway, we've split up the topics of feminism and intersectionality purely because in a lot of the films we have written down to look at, at well, this film being a prime example, there are only two named female characters and they're white. So there's such a poor baseline to reach just for white women mm-hmm. that's I've separated them so that we can be like, okay, women have been given this, but what about other people who aren't white women? So I just wanted to clarify that because for me, it's hard to say that a film is feminist if there isn't a single black person in it, or if you kind of need the intersectionality and the feminism to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But because the bar is so low, we're having to split them up. Yeah. So as we mentioned at the start, there is Arnold and Dr. Henry Wu, are the characters who aren't white. They're both men. But we did see a black woman, listeners. A black woman. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. She, she flies through, hence why you've forgotten her already. When Nedry is meeting... Daxon! We got Daxon! Well, I mean, she's sat in the background. I know. Well, that, that's, that's the bar that we're at. Yeah. <laughs> that's the bar that black women You've are at. That we're well, like, oh my God, there's a background black woman. Holy the, shit. The raptors obviously have a type because both black men I'll get eaten are by the killed raptors. by raptors. <laughs> oh, yes. That was... Yeah, so Arnold, bless his heart, he, he goes off first to sort out the circuit breakers and then... Yeah, gets eaten by the the raptors. Yeah. Which is really sad. And then they conveniently leave his arm up on a shelf. So that For it Rinelli... to flop down on <laughs> <Yeah>. the shoulder. <laughs> um, you, obviously, I, I'm not going to... You're not wrong. You're not wrong, obviously. Of um, course. But Henry Wu... I'm never wrong. Henry Wu... He Wu. is in the film and he definitely speaks. But I don't think they name so him. So bit they say, hey, Henry, when he walks. Oh, okay. He's now, obviously now we have hindsight, we have Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. He is a, one of the main yeah. characters or whatever. But like, he has like three lines of dialogue. 
He's quite arrogant in the dialogue, I think. You know the bit where Ian's talking Did I just call him Ian? Ian. Is it about <laughs> them all being girls? Yeah, so you know the bit where Ian's talking about how all the dinosaurs are girls and they're going to find... Like, you think you're controlling it, you're not. And Henry's like, uh, do you think the females are going to find a way to breed? <laughs> Without the coughing. But that's quite arrogant to me. But I guess yeah. that's what Ellie's talking about with that power thing of... And he's like, oh, it's quite easy. You just control their chromosomes. I don't know chromosomes. if he's arrogant, but maybe, maybe yeah, but also in it's this... just like, well, I'm right. I'm, I'm, yeah. You... I mean, I guess naive in the same way that they all yeah. are. That they're like, oh, I, I can handle this. I know what I'm doing. It's going to be fine. And yeah. Whereas Ian's like, it's not going to be fine. I mean, we don't fine. really know who, know who Henry Wu is. He's just, no. some guy, he's just the one that speaks. Yeah. But he, like, he could be like, there are women. Like, how mm. can they, like... Have more, but he might not be the person that did the DNA sequence and took the thing from the frogs the frog. unaware that they he must have known. Um, well, I mean, again, it's difficult because we have power of hindsight, and in Jurassic yeah. World, he's the one who controls all of the genomes and what gets spliced onto which. Yes, I don't know. I think it's fair to say that he's a villain in the yeah, later he's, films. He, he even wears a black turtle, <laughs> classic like, villain attire, proper villain in, in the later <laughs> ones. Mm, yeah, but yeah, in this, he's... He's just a guy in it. He's just that's a guy though. in this. So that's cool. Well, yeah, I mean, every every character that's not, obviously, the main cast get away on that boat when yeah. the storm hits, so... Yeah. I assume he was on that boat. Mm. The other thing that I thought was fun with Arnold is that there's a bit where he explains the Lysine contingency. And I thought it was quite nice that he was given that moment to be like, hi, I'm intelligent, this is what this is, mm -hmm. I know about things. I'm not just the black guy who smokes and smokes. <laughs> so I was thinking about how often in films, when you try to think of like classic movie lines, it's not normally women that get to say them. And Ellie says one of my favourite lines of all time in any movie, where Ian's doing that whole like, dinosaurs go extinct, man creates dinosaurs. And Ellie goes, dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the earth. And like, both Alan and Ian turn to her with concern on their face and she's just looking out the window. <laughs> I was like, yeah, baller. Also, what would you say is the most famous line from the movie Jurassic Park? Ah, 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 ah. You can't, can't find the magic word. Oh, you clever girl. You chose <laughs> as the most famous line. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, uh, uh. Instead of what I have tattooed on me. From the character Dennis Nedry, who, because I was having a go at you, you didn't even know he was called Dennis Nedry. Let alone, but you have the tattoo on your leg. <laughs> of clever girl. <laughs> There's also, and again, I thought it was fun that um, Arnold gets to say that the line he says, hold on to your butts, which is something that sticks in my head a lot from... I've always remembered that line. Yeah. I feel like I might be wrong. I feel like he said it twice. Yes! He said it right at the start when they make the cars go. Yeah, right. I was but thinking But the famous he says one is then. when he flicks the, yeah. the switch. Yeah, hold on to your butts. Yeah, he says yeah. it twice. Which, I don't know why, because it's quite... A, it's not said. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So that was quite cool that I was like, okay, it's not just like the white men who get to say... Because obviously... Yeah. I'd argue, actually, the most famous line is Ian Malcolm saying, Life, uh... uh, uh, uh maybe uh, there's many uh, famous uh, lines. Finds a way. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know how uh, peak Samuel L. Jackson was at this point. I don't know how many films oh, he'd yeah. been in. 
I didn't think his character was that great, really. I mean, he's, he's just there. He's there, yeah. He's just sort of there, really. Do you know what? It's His character is so forgettable that for a while, I would go a couple of years in between watching it and go, oh yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's in this. And then I'd forget and be like, oh my god, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's in this film. I don't know if I've ever Hold felt on that. to your butts. I don't know. Maybe that's because I was racist at the time and just erased well, him. But he from also my has mind. one of the most like the yeah, hold on to your box moment. It's just like I've always remembered that for some reason. I don't yeah. know why that stuck with me. That's one of those lines where I think I use it in my day to day life and forget where it's from until I watch the film and go, yeah. Oh yeah, hold on to your butts. So earlier we um, mentioned the Bechdel test and yeah. I wanted to see whether any of these films pass what I've called the intersectional Bechdel tests. I don't know if there's... A, I need to do some research and see if there's already a test to see whether it passes some kind of Bechdel test for people who aren't white. Can I ask, as this is as episode one, oh. what are the criteria of your new test? Thank you for asking, Lee. I did mean to mention that, but I forgot. So, um, the Bechdel test, according to Google is named after the American cartoonist Alison Bechdel, in whose 1985 comic strip Dykes to Watch Out For, which doesn't seem very intersectional for me, unless she means ditches, dykes, anyway. So yeah, Alison Bechdel created it in 1985. Um, she credited the idea to her friend Liz Wallace in the writings of Virginia Woolf. So that's, I guess, the history of it. So the I, there are three criteria in order for a film to pass this test. There need to be two named female characters, which we have in Jurassic Park. Very exciting. Doesn't always happen. They need to talk to each other. Not sure that that happens in this film. And it needs to be about something other than a man, which definitely doesn't happen. It's a very simple test. And just because a film passes it doesn't mean it's a good film or that it's a feminist film. But it is quite shocking when you look at how many films don't make that test. Mm -hmm loads of big films so this one doesn't unfortunately and i i need to look up whether there's a bechdel test for black characters but i think for the purpose of this podcast for now it's going to be if there are two named characters who aren't white which we have with arnold and dr henry Wu, whether they talk to each other which we do not have yeah. about anything other than a white character is what i think would be a corresponding yeah, which they don't. They're not no. even in the same room. They don't together. even see each other at any point. Yeah. So they it, probably don't even know each other exists. No, probably. But and now Arnold's dead anyway. So, yeah. so uh, it's a shame because I really thought it was going to pass the Bechdel test, but it obviously doesn't, which is sad. Just quickly, because I think it's probably time to wrap up. There are a couple of things that happen with female characters in films, a few tropes. Um, one of them is that the female characters normally are the ones who are putting blockades in the plot. They're normally the ones saying, no, we shouldn't do that. And the male characters normally propel the plot along. I would say that in this film, none of the main characters are really propelling the plot. It's like the plot is being propelled and they're just holding on for dear life. Because Nedry's the main person who's controlling that story because if he hadn't messed up then they wouldn't have had all the dinosaurs escaping well i mean this is sort of implied in the movie but obviously more in the book 
the constant references to we spared no expense yeah. and the fact that they're underpaying Nedry's why mm. he's screwing them over. So John Hammond is the reason because yeah. he's screwed over Nedry that Nedry's mm-hmm. like done what he's done but then done, yeah, I mean yeah he he's the one yeah. that propels the plot I guess. And John's not in, John's the one who invited them to the island. But what I meant is like none of the female characters are actively trying to stop the story from unfolding. They're not no, and being Ellie's, killjoys or... Well Ellie and Thingy are trying to help. Yeah. Which and is cool because you don't see that in a lot in all films. And I know it's probably not the same thing but like even when Lexi and Tim are climbing that thing Lexi's like oh I'm gonna beat you to the top and all this kind of stuff. Mm. There's no like I don't yeah. even think Lexi's ever like, other than when uh, she wakes up and there's that dinosaur there and she's initially scared and then she finds out it's a vegetarian. Yeah. I don't think she ever says that, like, Grant, oh, let's not do that. No, she's she like, doesn't. Okay, let's do exactly what I mean, saying. she does say don't call the monsters over here, but, I mean, also quite reasonable. Oh, well, yeah, fair enough. So that's quite good. Um, I'd argue that neither of neither Lex nor Ellie are used to prop up the male characters, like we discussed earlier, that they're kind of, they're on equal footing with their counterparts. Yeah. I guess you could argue that Arnold is used to prop up some of the white characters. He's a bit of a bit part. He's kind of the catalyst for Ellie getting to have her moment where she goes and turns on the power. Um, I mean, John Hammond does say stuff about we need to, like, restart the park and all that stuff. And then yeah, he's Arnold, like, and no. I was like, but I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. But also... Why is John Hammond, who can't even read schematics, who keeps going on about all this other stuff, why yeah. does he suddenly know that if you restart the, the power breaker that for some reason you put on the other side of the park? Or what, why does he know that? He wouldn't mm. know that. And I feel like that's a line that could have been taken from Arnold, but Arnold yeah. Hammond, who doesn't know what he's talking about, should be the one to be like, but we don't know if that's going to work. Yeah, it should have been the other way around. It's weird that... He... Instead of having Arnold... Because that's, I guess, kind like of... Who... Sorry. That's kind of him halting the plot. Yeah, because it, it's almost like... They wouldn't have been You rescued. need someone else there mm. for Arnold to be talking to, to do, talk about this technical stuff with, because Ellie yeah. and all them won't know about it. And Richard Hammond just paid for... God damn it, now I'm doing it. <laughs> John Hammond just paid for everything. He doesn't know about the ins yeah. and outs of the park. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, yeah, I don't think they've done Arnold's character justice, unfortunately. I love the hold on to your butts line, but I'd say he's he's used more of a prop than as a character who's, like, standing on his own, yeah. if that makes sense. So that's a bit of a shame. Also, I've just realised, not only is that uh, maintenance shed with all, all, with all of the fuses nowhere near the control room, mm. it's also, just in case the electric fences go down... You have yeah. to go past the raptor back. <laughs> That's a good point. designed that place? Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that we mentioned briefly earlier is that there isn't really any romantic interest in this film. There's hints to Ellie and Alan, and obviously Malcolm is interested in Ellie, but there's no, like, romantic kissing in it. Mm-mm. There's no... Like, Ellie's not there just to be a romantic counterpart to Alan. And neither, obviously, is Lex, which is great, because she's a child or a teen. Mm-hmm. But either way, don't want to be seeing her getting hot and heavy with people. It's weird. Yeah. So that's nice, because in a lot of films, like particularly the Marvel films, excluding Captain Marvel, it's annoying that all of the female characters are all, like, love interests at some point. Like, why yeah. does that have to be? Anyway, different podcast. The other thing I wrote down was, like, rescuer, damsel in distress situations. I don't think 
there was anything i mean ellie kind of rescues all of them in a sense because she turns on the power and alan looks after the kids a lot and actually i guess actually ellie and lex probably do the two biggest things to help out everyone in the park and like i said not only does grant take the thingy for it but when the phone's he, working but <laughs> when he calls hammond answers the phone and goes grant <laughs> not knowing that he's there so he, he just assumes that Grant had fixed everything. <laughs> he must just be there somehow. <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool because, and I probably won't explain this in every podcast, but in a lot of movies, the women are getting rescued all the time and it's frustrating that they're just shit. And they're like, oh no, oh, save me. But this doesn't happen in this, so that's cool. And then the last thing is just a brief discussion on humour. Do the women get funny lines? I'm going to say no. I wrote down one funny line that Ellie gets. The women... You, you told me, oh, that bit was funny. She said that, and that yeah. was funny. Yeah, so it wasn't hugely funny, because I had to say to you, like, look, Ellie did it was funny. something I didn't even notice. What was yeah. it? It was... Um, oh, small children. Uh, what? What's that? What are children? And, and other small adults. Yeah, so John Hammond says, oh, the new exhibitions are going to be great for the kids, or they're really going to scare the kids. And Alan says, what's that? And Ellie goes, they're small versions of adults. <laughs> That's uh, a really is... funny line the thing about women inheriting the earth not funny or is it the men's reaction that's the funny bit i don't know whether it's meant to be f it, for me that feels really empowering so i'm like yes women inherit the earth the dinosaurs eat the men i don't think it's meant to be funny i mean i'd say the main funny character is ian malcolm he seems to be the one who's the creepy yeah. one-liners and yeah. obviously that great bit where ian nedgery wipes the uh shaving foam on top of someone's pie as if it were a yeah. nice squirty cream <laughs> But it's also not a comedy. Even Tim gets better lines with the they're yeah. flocking this way. Yeah. But she does electrocute Tim and that was pretty funny. Does Oh Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant Lex. I Lexi don't has no funny lines. No, and she also doesn't have a sense Actually, of humour. I mean she does Ellie does trick Lexi into going to Grant to mm. to pick to one. Yeah, him she up. does tease like, Alan a lot. She yeah. does do yeah. comedic things throughout the film I would say yeah she does but whether she got great lines but then I would argue Grant doesn't have any funny lines either really. no he, uh, do you know what I was thinking whilst we were watching it that it's interesting that he's quite a grumpy grump character to begin with and Ellie's much happier and more happy-go-lucky and I was thinking I don't think they could have had those personalities swapped around because no one would want to see a grumpy woman yeah which um and you know, I'm not like, I wouldn't want it to be swapped round, but I was just, I, I mean, was like, oh, it's interesting that he gets to be that character and have that arc, but... It's, it's like the office thing of, um, if, you're, if you're a man and you do that, you're a go-getter, but if you're a woman yeah. and you do that, you're a fucking bitch. Mm. I've just thought of something. Alan Grant gets an arc, a character arc in this film, and I don't think Ellie does. So his whole thing is that he hates yeah. kids at the beginning and then which by the end... Which is forced into the film because in the book it's not there. Yeah, which Steven Spielberg... Yeah, you're right, he doesn't have an arc. She doesn't have any kind so of that, arc. So that would make Alan the main yeah. character, I guess, because he has a character arc. I hadn't picked up on that at all before. It's kind mm. of annoying. Yeah, Ellie has nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's just a cool, smart, intelligent woman who yeah, is brave and... She starts the film like that and ends the film like yeah. that. She gets a limp. She does get a limp from, for no discernible reason and in the film. And she's the only character that loses items of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. 
she is. And then you can see she's got some muscles in her tiny, tiny arms. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. He's the only one who gets a character arc. You could sort of argue Lex, maybe, because by the end of it, she's much more competent. Yeah, I think Lex probably yeah. does. She has more than Ellie. I think yeah, definitely more than Ellie. Tim, I would say, doesn't have one no. either. But yeah, I'd say the strongest one Malcolm is... has one. He learns to take his shirt off <laughs> close-ups. <laughs> I think he probably always knew how to do yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'd say Alan's the only one who gets the story arc. Uh, I would say Richard Hammond has one as well. Does he, though? He has learnt that he cannot control these forces. and He even says himself at the end when he's mm. like, I do not endorse your park. Yeah. And he says, I have Me to agree either. or something, yeah. yeah. But then from hindsight, we know that he continues to try and do things. In the second one, he's trying to save the animals from injury. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we don't know with Jurassic World exactly what happened there. Well, because he already yeah. died. Because he's, I think I know the actor obviously died, but the yeah. as far as I remember, the character is bedridden in the second film, yes. which can't be good for his. He must have a health problem. Yeah. So, do we think this film is feminist or intersectional? So what you're asking is feminist <laughs> or feminism? That's not. It's not going to be a thing. So intersectional, hands down, no. It's not an intersectional film at all. Yeah. Feminists. I'd say it's a good film for feminists to enjoy. And I do think that Ellie Satchler is one of my all-time favourite female characters. Uh -huh. I just think she's so cool and competent. And I'm just a big fan of Ellie. So this is probably going to be the case with a lot of them. Where we're like, it's not a feminist film. But... So you, there are so cool your, female characters in it. Sorry, so your overall view is that Jurassic Park is not feminist? <sighs> you, there is, maybe okay, you no. some kind of score. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The intersectional thing is a zero. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has uh, ethnic characters in it. Yeah. But they are, I'm sorry to say, the help. Yeah. And not much help. And Velociraptor food. Yeah, um, so that's probably is what mm. like what well, maybe that somehow you could do both out of five, so that you could give them a mark yeah. out of ten. I can cut. Okay, those. I would. Okay, so out of five for intersectionality, I th oh, a one or a zero because I mean there's I would Arnold say and Henry. One because there is speaking names characters. Yeah, and Henry does get to be an intelligent scientist. I mean, they're both pretty smart. Yeah, okay, I'll give it a 1 out of 5. I, I mean, it definitely, that whole thing with it only being white people shown working at the park is bullshit. But anyway, so for whether it's feminists, I want to give it a 4, because although there's only two female named characters in it, I do think there's a lot of tropes that are used in other films that aren't in this film, like the romantic interest thing, not driving the plot along, being a damsel in distress. I think this film portrays women in a really good light. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd give it a four out of five. I might also be biased because it's one of my favourite films of all time. So it's overall score for like acceptability, I guess, is mm. a five out of ten. Yeah. Which is... Oh, that's so long. I know. <laughs> this is what we're going to discover, I guess. Yeah. Because so, it, obviously you wouldn't say don't watch Jurassic Park. No. The, 
the problem with Jurassic Park is it it's so low and intersectional. Yeah, basically. Mm, we're going to find that a lot. Well, yeah, because that's 1993 for you, I guess. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, a lot of the films that we have written down, spoilers for listeners, we have things like The Mummy, Pirates of the Caribbean. They are going to almost get minus points for their intersectionality in terms of cultural appropriation, blackface for some of the... Oh, that's a good point for this film. No, blackface. Good job, Jurassic Park. Oh, Not God. so good hopefully in Lost Worlds. Yeah, hopefully the series can <laughs> keep that up. Oh, if only they could. I honestly did not know that was there until you told me, mm. and then I have since told people about it, and they have been all equally as shocked as I was yeah. to learn that Lost World has man made up to look mm. Indian. I don't want to give myself points for noticing, but I felt really proud for noticing. Because you just don't expect to see it. It's not just that. I think... It's not enough. I think people do this a lot when they try to do blackface, I guess. Um, like there was a famous advert, maybe L'Oreal, where they had a black model, so people thought holding a product, but they had made the palms black as well. And people were like, hang on, black people aren't all one colour all over. Our palms aren't that colour. Yeah. So they realised they'd, they'd photoshopped a white person. I know, it's awful. Oof. So you could kind of tell with this guy, he just kind of seemed almost waxy. And they'd obviously just painted him all one colour, but your face isn't all one colour. It's It's so bizarre because he doesn't really have a big role. No, it's so dumb. If you really wanted him to be like an Asian guy, hire an Asian Asian guy. guy. (laughs) Surely it shouldn't be that hard. That actor couldn't have been that fucking good that you were like, do you know what, I'll get him in the makeup chair. Yeah, or just have him be a white guy. Because like so his weird. role isn't that important at all. I don't. I honestly don't think if you'd taken that character out and made him a white person, anyone would have cared. No, I mean certainly it would be a lot better because they wouldn't be doing blackface. Which is weird because it's a Steven Spielberg film. <sighs> so yeah, five out of ten for Jurassic Park. So many films are going to be so low because a lot of them are not going to be above four. I think four is a pretty good score for feminism quality. Mm-hmm. depiction of women mm-hmm. so I think that's it have you got anything else to say about Jurassic Park just that by judging on your score mm. that you've given it mm-hmm. would you still recommend that people watch Jurassic Park yes I would say this is a certified feminist safe film and, and no one's <laughs> going to watch this film and take any offence to it I don't think No. I think it would be very hard to take offence to this film yeah I think it would and I don't think do you know what actually The most offensive thing is either how inaccurate all of the dinosaur portrayals are or the fact that when the T-Rex comes out of the forest, when you look back, there's suddenly a huge gap that the car falls down. Those are the most offensive things about this film. (laughs) Sorry. Because, all right, while I've got you all here, as Joe has just pointed out, next time you watch Jurassic Park, the T-Rex makes a hole in the fence and walks through it and then it pushes the car into the same hole it just walked through and it's now a 30 foot drop mm. and nobody cares about that massive plot <laughs> hole and it's bothered me for years yeah so that's the most offensive thing about that so you can take offense actually don't watch this film <laughs> <laughs> that's not true people it's fine no I, I think it's it's still a good one to watch it's not offensive and it is I do think they portray women well even though it's a 5 out of 10. Again, the bar is so low. 
but it's still mm. a good film. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to get involved with the chats and let us know what you thought about Jurassic Park, then you can find us at Real Feminism, real spelt R-E-E-L, on Instagram and Facebook. And we'll be coming back into your ears in two weeks' time when we review 1999's The Mummy. See you then! <laughs>